Thank you for listening to Brewery Radio. I am Patrick Rue. Today I'm joined by Keith <laughs> and uh, Jeremy. What do you guys do here? What's up, Patrick? I'm Jeremy Grinke. I'm the production manager at Brewery Tarue. Uh My name is Keith. I'm the supervisor of production at Brewery Tarue. Awesome. I work closely with Jeremy. And I, sour beers. and I work closely with Keith. All the time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> We are drinking a beer, um, which we want to tell you about. But first, you know, we're, we're pretty early in on this podcast, and I listen to a lot of podcasts because I have about a 40-minute drive into work, and there's a lot of nicknames going on in the podcast world. I was wondering if you guys had any uh, cute ones for me. You know, Jeremy sort of already has a nickname. Uh, it's, it's his uh, Instagram handle. Uh, I don't know if that's by choice or not, but well, let's start with Jeremy. So, Sour Jesus. Is that? Can I call you Sour Jesus from now on? Um, you can. Uh, I, did, I did not name myself that. I'd like to make that clear. Uh, people were calling me that, and I decided I could be called worse things. So I just took that. I took that and ran with it. But you have called yourself Savior of Sour Beer before, haven't you? I have wow. not wow. said that. No, <laughs> no I have uh, not. All right. I, just I, have, that. I have. I have saved a couple of beers, <laughs> but I am not a savior of beer. You can turn water into sour beer. I can. I have done that. Volumes go up when I when I touch barrels. Expansion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a basis for this name. I, I'm I'm pretty good with it. You good with it? With my name? Yeah. Yeah. If if, uh, if we want to stick with that, yeah. Yeah. Who made that up name? I have no it? idea. I just was in the parking lot uh, one day, and I an old colleague of ours, Josh Reyes, our old tour guide, was walking by and mentioned to the crowd everybody wave hi to sour jesus and there was about 30 people you know saying hi sour jesus and it was pretty awkward um but i've grown a little bit accustomed to it at this point yeah cool you've embraced it i like it i, I had we to should get some uh, t-shirts made to just say at sour jesus yeah that would be for a while that would be helpful <laughs> <laughs> that's just what i need <laughs> keep that name going Keith, do you have any uh, any nicknames? I, I just know you by Keith. Yeah, not really. I mean, the only nickname I've ever had in my life is from my mom, <laughs> and it's uh, Pudge Gut. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the only nickname I think I've ever had. Uh, we call him at True. Sometimes we call him the Gretna Gorilla. Uh, yeah. Gretna Gorilla. Yeah, he's from uh, Gretna, Louisiana, and um, <laughs> uh, he may not like that name, but... I've been called worse. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He's a big dude, and he's able to, uh, you know, get things done. So when somebody can't open open the peanut butter, they call the <laughs> Gretna Gorilla. <laughs> All right, Gretna Gorilla. I like it. Yeah, I, whatever the, the pudge gut or whatever, I, I, yeah, I, I won't go there. That was a baby nickname. <laughs> you're in a pretty, yeah, you're in pretty good shape, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That's hard. Uh, yeah, you look good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeremy, by the way, has a great a great Jesus like beard, so I think that's part of the basis of his name. Um, it might be, yeah. yeah. Long hair, a man bun. Some days when he's trying to keep it keep it clean. Ooh, he but, doesn't like the man bun comfort. <laughs> no, you, I mean, well, it's just to get out of the way. It's more of a functional thing than a it style is. Thing. Uh, you know, I had long hair before. People were making fun of man buns, um, so to me, it's just uh, it's just a ponytail, right? Yeah, 
but it's just so much more manly sounding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll, we'll, I'll start bagging on myself. Uh, my parents call me Pooch, which uh, I don't know. We could never keep a family dog around. Like we would um, – you know, my mom would bring in a dog and we'd – you know, she'd love it for about two weeks and like – I hate this fucking dog. After you know a month or so into it, and uh, about a two month mark, uh, let's get rid of this dog. So I think it's either that uh, that you know I am the family dog, or uh, you know this gut has been there for uh, most of my beer drinking days, but um, which I guess started before I was twenty one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was from beer that I just think I'm uh, metabolically challenged. So yeah, thanks mom and dad for <laughs> yeah my genes. <laughs> they're both thin, so I, yeah, it must be something else. Yeah, I've been metabolically challenged since uh, January 2015 when I started working here. <laughs> I've been growing. I've been a grown boy ever since. Doesn't help. All right, so I, I don't really want to go by pooch, so I'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> cool, guys. So uh, we're here tasting Train to Beer Soul. Uh, this is a, a pretty new release for us. Uh, Jeremy, you want to talk a little bit about this beer? I can. Um, this is our Lambic-inspired beer for this year. Um, we brewed this to be uh, different than our Ruse offering that we've had out for the last several handful of years. Um, this is brewed at a higher gravity. It's brewed with more Pilsner Maltons used in, in our standard Ruse-based beer. Um, this is also... Um, not a goose style blend. This is two batches that were brewed on the same day and aged in newer wood. Um, that wood being one year old French oak, or excuse me, not one year old, uh, once used French oak from Napa Cabernet barrels and once used Sauvignon Blanc American oak barrels also from Napa. So a little bit different style of, um, a, uh, brewing, um, but also a different um, seller approach for us um, without the without the crutch of blending. Um, and I, I use the word crutch of blending because when you're doing a, a goose-style blend, you have all kinds of different beer that you can use to, to balance the overall blend. Awesome. Um, as far as ABV, we're looking at 8.4% alcohol where, you know, Ruse comes in. We've had multiple years of it, but uh, what, mid-fives? Mid-fives, yeah, five, six, five, seven, I think. Yeah. How do you think that changes the overall perception of, of the funk and sourness? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the one thing that def- definitely is different in this beer for me than, than with Ruse is the mouthfeel and body. Um it's it's a much more viscous uh product um to me uh patrick you might be an expert you might be a master i'm not sure but uh (laughs) to me the alcohol doesn't really show to me the way i would anticipate that it would Mm -hmm. um do you have any thoughts on that yeah i agree with you i would not know that this is 8.4 percent at uh yeah, it finishes it doesn't finish quite as dry as ruse but uh it's definitely very dry um and I don't know, just like there's a little bit more malt character in there that uh, makes it um, not quite as bracingly tart. Um, yeah. You know, Ruse could be a pretty pretty aggressively sour beer. And for me, the I think perhaps the uh, elevated uh, amount of carbohydrates going into the beer for fermentation made uh, the Brett 
uh, come out, you know, become uh, a bit more vigorous. So the funk is I'm, perfect for me. It smells um, smells like feet and barnyard in the best of ways. Agreed. And I think it's got that special mildew character, mm-hmm. which is a funny thing to uh, say. But a nice it, orange aroma as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for our sour blonde, and I believe for this beer, we uh, we use a lot of aged hops. So we buy um, essentially what our uh, uh, what what the hop suppliers really would love to get rid of, and it's really desirable for us is getting these you know three year old um, whole hops uh, that are just uh, really no bitterness left to them or no alpha acids left to them. They have the beta acids, which helps. Um, tone down the activity of the bacteria, the beta acids are pretty um, um, kind of like an antiseptic uh, as far as uh, how, you know, um, let's say uh, aerobic yeast or aerobic uh, bacteria might respond to them. Um, But for me, it gives you this really nice leafy hop character. And uh, as you mentioned, Keith, uh, yeah, a little bit of like an orangey, you know, slightly citrus, but um, just, I don't know, it's, it's an incredible beer. So, um, you want to talk, should we talk about the name of this beer? It's, I don't think we, I think we need a podcast just so we can explain the name of this beer. Yeah, I I think so. (laughs) So uh, let's relive, let's relive the naming of this beer. Oh man. It was like the best month of my life. So, uh, I just graduated from, well, maybe not the best month. My, (laughs) when my daughter was born, that was like the best and worst month of my life. (laughs) But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for something else. <laughs> Sorry. So trained in beer. So uh, my wife and I went to uh, Belgium and a few other few other European countries. Uh, when I graduated from law school, my parents for a law school uh, graduation present said, "All right, go uh, go to Europe for a little bit." So spent a good amount of time in Belgium, and um, one of the one of my favorite lambic producers is uh, Dry Fontaine. I think Dry Fontaine, and I don't know. I don't say anything right. So just uh, bear with me, folks. So um, I really wanted to visit them. They're right outside of Brussels or maybe 20-minute train outside of Brussels in the town of Beersel, which is a tiny town named after beer. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, but, yeah, there's a there's a church and there's Dry Fontaine and there's maybe a pharmacy and, you know, a few houses. And that's kind of the extent of the town. So it takes forever to get there. Uh, we get lost. And it's uh, I'm, I'm ruining my wife's vacation, basically. But we get there. I tried Dry Fontaine on uh, cask. I try, you know, Faro, which is young Lambic. Sort of one of those experiences that, um, you know, brought me into. I loved Lambic before, but uh, once you get to kind of live it and spend uh, spend a great deal of effort getting there, you're like, you know, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. So this beer, the level of funk, uh, reminds me of uh, Dry Fontaine. And uh, I wouldn't compare it to a Dry Fontaine product because uh, that's um, it's just another it's another animal, but um, it, you know, it's an exceptional beer. I think the elevated level of alcohol too. Dry Fontaine makes a um, you know, their lambics are a little bit higher in alcohol, you know, six to seven percent. I think they have some in the eight percent range. Um, I think that elevates the level of funk in those beers and maybe tones down the sourness, just like uh, what I'm tasting in this beer. So. That's my story. Um, there's other parts of the story, but uh, I'm going to leave those out. Uh, they're a little less desirable. Uh, we'll post some pictures on our blog of uh, Rachel and I uh, 
taking pictures of a cow outside the train station and Beersel. Beersel, you know, for being such a nice, quaint town, um, the train station actually, it's not a train station, it's like a, a bench um, with an overhang for when it's raining. But there was graffiti there. I was like, you know, you're in the... You're in the middle of, like, cow country, and there's, like, graffiti, so I don't know. Just very interesting. Anyway, cheers, guys. Any more comments on this beer? Um, well, yeah. I guess one thing to mention is that this beer is bottle-conditioned with Brett Lampicus um, to try to be a little true to style. Yeah. Um, that's something we also do with our Ruse beer, so we wanted to take the opportunity to do so with this beer as well. Um, I love it. That, that's, I mean, not making ruse this year, um, uh, for myself personally was kind of a hard hit because I, I love that beer. Um, and I know a lot of our customers were, you know, were hoping to get that beer, but I think this is a stellar, stellar replacement for that. So a little higher end product as well. Being in the cellar and actually sampling, uh, this beer, as it progressed and as it got older, I mean, I know I was. I'm pretty sure Jeremy was. We were really excited for what this was going to be in the bottle because we could taste it as it ages. And it just, throughout its age, it just got better and better with time. Yeah. So. What's the consensus uh, with the other guys in Teru about this oh, beer? Absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think uh, <clears throat> you know, if, if you're a coworker or a colleague at the brewery or if you're a professional brewer, and you come through the true cellar, generally what you're going to taste are things that we're excited about. So this is a beer that we would pull nails on to show other pro brewers. Patrick, you tasted this out of barrel probably at least two times when you're touring people around. And um, so we like to taste what we're excited about. We like to share those things. And it's really awesome when you share those things and you see the excitement on either your colleagues' faces or or other people you trust in the industry. And, and this is definitely one of those beers from, you know, six months on. Uh, this, this beer, by the way, spent about 14 months in barrel. But um, from six months on, it was it was just showing really, really great. So, um, Really exciting. Yeah. Really exciting to have in the cellar and know this was going to come out. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, if you are listening to this in the next few months, you could probably well, – actually, hopefully the next, like, two weeks – uh, you can find this beer on thebrewerystore.com. It's called Train to Beer Soul. Um, buy as much of it as you can because it won't be back uh, for quite a bit. So, yep. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, Pat. Cheers.